Welcome to Freedom to Retire with Jim Cipriotti, powered by Retire Ready Financial Group. You got to be prepared. If you're not prepared and you have too much risk, you may make some adverse choices. And so you need to have a plan because the downturns are going to happen. Jim Cipriotti has been helping people in the greater Philadelphia and South New Jersey areas reach their retirement goals for over two decades. We just want to make sure we're not too aggressive, not too conservative either. We want that nice mix. And that's what I help my clients with every single day. Now, Freedom to Retire. Then you know, it's been a while since I have been in school, and I think most of the listeners out there as well. But I do remember when your teacher gave you a bad grade, it wasn't good. Now, when a professor at the Wharton School of Business said the Federal Reserve is failing, they're getting a bad grade, that is really not good. Right. Here's Jeremy Siegel on Yahoo Finance with his grade on the Fed's handling of inflation. A D, Baroy. First of all, they're responsible for the inflation by being way too accommodative and way too late in their beginning of the tightening. And then I believe that they're going overboard in the other direction, or at least indicating by their dot plot for 2023 that they're going to become tight for longer, which I think is going to be a big mistake on the other side. A D barely is what he said there. Now, the higher interest rates are hurting our market-based money. Uh, Do these rates have any positive side that could help people in their retirement accounts? Yeah, the, the real scary part was the uh, the tightening of the rates for for a long term uh, sort of cycle. That's what really scared me there. And I guess that that would certainly deserve a D. But yeah, I mean, Chris, there's really not much bright side out there when, when it comes to the high levels of inflation. Um, and, and as we were saying that the stock market is obviously adjusting steadily downwards as the, the Fed continues to raise rates. Uh, but to your question, are there any positives to this? Anything at all out there? Um, well, the I-bonds, they're still paying that 9.62% if you get them before October 31st. Uh, so there's still some time there. Um, and they're also expected to renew at a, at a decent interest rate as well. Um, and you can, of course, get more information on those uh, on the Treasury's website, which is treasurydirect.gov. And yeah, you only have to hold those bonds for one year. So they're a great alternative to just leaving money lingering around in your checking account or savings account, which I can tell you is not paying you 9.62% interest. No. Um, another positive spin really on the higher interest rates is that the housing market should begin to cool off. So if you had your your eye on a particular area, a particular home and or neighborhood, and uh, you know, you're maybe thinking about putting a large amount of cash down for your down payment or paying it off in cash, you, you might be able to find some really good deals maybe next year or towards the end of next year, the, the year after. But yeah, rates on short-term investments, they've, um, they've been a little bit more attractive as well. Um, we have two-year treasuries, which are now uh, over 4%. So that's quite attractive. Um, a lot of people saying they can't find a, a really good decent rate at their uh, at their banks on CDs and we're trying to figure out why banks are lagging everybody else they're yeah. charging more for their mortgages mm-hmm. but the uh, and their auto loans but they're not paying as much <laughs> uh, for on their CDs as much as we would expect um, so there's really not a whole lot out there for your short-term savings except for those couple of things Chris and again looking at those I think is a valuable you know in, in times of financial uncertainty and, and strife there are opportunities out there they're they're not you know super robust, but those I-bonds are certainly something that is that is attractive. And correct me if I'm wrong, that is not something that someone can, uh, you know, park their entire nest egg in, right? Yeah, that's the problem. There's always a but. <laughs> so, uh, the but here is that they, uh, you can only put $10,000 in per person per calendar year. Okay. Uh, so if you're married, you could put 10 grand in for you, 10 grand in for your spouse. And then the new calendar year is coming right, you know, several weeks. That in is true. January. So you could put another 20,000 in between the two of you. So now you're at 40. And those rates should hold steady. 
The other opportunity I'm, I've been telling people about is, hey, if you have cash on the, on the side, uh, you know, on the sidelines out there, there's a lot of tech stocks, really good, uh, solid ones mm-hmm. that have lost a lot of their value yeah. uh, over the past several months. So uh, it might make sense to begin maybe purchasing some of these beat up stocks little by little each month over the next year or so. Um, we call that technique dollar cost averaging because uh, look, if any of us had a crystal ball and we could figure out which day the, they're going to bottom out and then kind of ride their way back up, that would be great. But oh, none yeah. of us have that ability. So it often makes just mathematical sense to just invest a little bit each month, um, especially when things are just on sale right now in the market at these really low prices. And, you know, it's also a great time to to remind everyone. I mentioned this a couple of shows ago and we got several callers that uh, that called in right after that show ask when I had mentioned um, some of these tax techniques that are um, becoming on the forefront now. So um, one of them is called tax loss harvesting. So this is where you sell some of your stocks where you might have a gain and then you buy them back shortly after in order to offset some of the capital losses that you may have incurred earlier in the year by selling other stocks or other similar investments. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example would be, let's say let's say you made $50,000 in Apple stock, but okay. you haven't sold it. You have the gain there sitting in the account. We call that an unrealized gain, um, You know, something that you have not paid taxes on yet uh, on the gain. But let's say you also lost $50,000 of... Uh, uh, in in uh, in losses from Amazon stock that you sold earlier this year, let's mm-hmm. say in February, um, you might be able to avoid taxes on the gains in the Apple stock by selling the Apple stock and then just buying it right back. Um, and you know you have to use this technique in the in the same calendar year for it to work. So you have to offset the gains and the losses uh, in the same calendar year. So this could potentially save you a substantial amount of money in taxes. And I'm always a, happy to help with this. A type of technique and a, a few others when it comes to taxes. So if you're listening and you feel like your current advisor isn't focused enough on how to save you as much as you can possibly in taxes, now's the time to give my office a call. We could set up a time to to chat about your particular situation this week. And the consultation with me is completely complimentary. So I, I'd love to chat and help out with our listeners, Chris. All it's going to cost you is your time. And I dare say if it's going to save you, you know, any amount, honestly, when it comes to taxation, time well spent. 610-894-7415. That's the phone number. Once again, 610-894-7415. Or if you prefer to the website, you can just go retireadyfg.com. Tax is a major part in the retirement plan, you know, as important, almost as important, I think, as, you know, market performance and things like that. Yes. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on the show. But I wanted to, to talk about this while we're still talking about market performance. Wall Street will tell you that the stock market, it's going to average a 7% return over time, average being the key word there. But yeah. what is it actually going to do over the next 20 years of your retirement? Well, Vanguard just released its prediction for the next 10 years. And the numbers, well, they see around 35 to 5.5% annually, which is a little shy of that 7% that they were saying earlier. So with that kind of slower growth, uh, is that going to sustain the average retirement portfolio, Jim? And if not, are there other alternatives out there? Chris, just about every report that I've read recently um, is in agreement with this Vanguard report and showing just much more conservative rates of growth expected over the next 10 years. And yeah, of course, a lot of people are bummed out about uh, this news, especially coming off of the, uh, the excitement of the past 12 years, which were with the exception of this year, obviously, of course, but, yeah. Uh, but the past decade uh, has just grown a lot of people's retirement account balances to the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's times like this that we want to make sure we're not expecting too much out of our portfolio, um, especially if we're between the ages of fifty five and seventy five, right about now. 
um, because of, those are the delicate ages when it comes to our uh, retirement finances, Chris. You know, it is one of those things. I hope you've done really well. I think I think Jim and I both agree. Hope you've done really well with the past 14, 15 years. And, you know, like like you said, your balance has gone to the moon. But as we get closer and closer, here's the thing to remember. And it, it's kind of hard to do so because it's not really that long ago. But, you know, it's a what have you done for me lately sort of mentality. That was an anomaly. The market normally does not go up that much right. for that long. So if you're expecting that in the future, it could be tough for you. Let's talk really quick. Jim, about the difference between average returns, like they said, Wall Street, you know, average a 7% return, average versus actual returns. When you look at the, the market volatility, so there may be many, many years where the market was down in the beginning, mm -hmm. say the first three years were down, 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 and then the market was up, up, up for several years after that. Um, you, you may say, oh, well, that's an average of 7%. That's very, very different and how it interacts with our money than a flat 7% per year. Like mm. if we earn 7% on a CD or something that paid a stable rate of, of 7%, because we're going to be spending some of our money yeah. um, as we're retired, we're going to be spending it as the market's going down and it's going to have less of a balance in there to recover. Um, I, I just had a really nice couple that's coming to mind. Actually, they came into my office. It was my uh, Radnor office which is, of course, right on Lancaster Ave, about two blocks from Villanova, mm -hmm. uh, right off of uh, the Blue Route, 476. So what happened, though, the wife had a pension uh, lump sum uh, offer, and they weren't sure uh, whether to, to take the monthly payout from the pension or to, to take the lump sum and invest it themselves. Um, and the husband, he was pretty sure that he wanted to, to go. He was saying, all right, we're going to take the lump sum. Jim, we're pretty sure. Uh, because his other investments had done really, really well over the past 10, 12 years. And okay. he figured, yeah, you know, I'll be able to to pull out about 10% per year. I could take out much more than this pension is allowing me to take out mm -hmm. um, by taking the lump sum. And he, he figured, and he was saying, Jim, I'll barely be touching my principal because, um, you know, he was anticipating some decent market growth. And look, I'm, I'm forever the optimist. I am, but I'm also a realist. Yeah. And I, I explained to him that... Uh, even though the market in the past 10, 12 years was getting maybe 12, 13, 14% on average per year, you know, I, I wanted to make sure he knew what the markets looked like over the past 20 years. Remember, the year 2000 through 2012 was yep. awful, yeah. awful with the market. When I asked him that, I said, oh, you, what do you think the, the average has been over the past 20 years? He said, oh, what are we, I don't know, about 10, 12%. And I said, no, it's actually just a little bit over 6%. And that's right. You know, everyone listening out there, it's only about 6% is the uh, is what the market had averaged, just a little bit over that for the past 20 years per year. And I showed this guy a chart of the numbers and uh, showed him just uh, a couple of different reports and uh, about like the Vanguard report and what others are expecting. And these are leading economists. These are not nobodies. These are the people that predicted uh, quite a bit, uh, you know, accurately in the past. Mm -hmm. And they're looking into that possibility, that deeper recession, especially over the next 24 months. The Vanguard report says there's a 65% a likelihood of bad economic news coming our way over that next two-year period. So, uh, yeah, so instead, you know, the couple just uh, was thinking about, you know, geez, we were just about to, they were just about to wing it, you know, just really risk everything they have in that whole pension, which is, is their nest egg to get them through retirement. Um, they were just going to put it all in the stock market. So I was able to show them some alternatives for that pension lump sum, um, something more focused on providing a, a lifetime of dependable, sustainable uh, monthly income, regardless of what crazy stock market swings happen to come down the pike. And they just felt so much better when they left my office. Actually, the guy turned around to me as we were walking out. His wife walked out first, and I think she was walking into the elevator. And he, 
he turned back to me and said kind of in like a low voice he said yeah you know jim i was planning on uh, putting the money in the market but but i was he said i was deep down just incredibly nervous mm -hmm. and you know it probably would have stressed him out and he said it really would have stressed out my wife yeah um if the market were to plummet and the and the balance would too so I give this this type of guidance to my clients every day, people that call into the show, people that see me on television. Um, I'll be on ABC uh, Sunday mornings, every every Sunday morning before uh, Good Morning America at 7.58. A lot of people call my, uh, my office and try to pick my brain, but these are the types of things I help out with every single day, just trying to help position people's life savings so they can enjoy their retirement, Chris. And again, Jim's been doing this for over 20 years. And, and if you have questions, concerns about how, what the market's going to look like over the next, you know, couple of years, to, I guess the 20, 30 plus years you're going to be in retirement, give a call. Again, it's complimentary. It's not going to cost you anything but your time. 610-894-7415. That's the phone number. When we talk about second opinions, a lot of the time we're talking about, you know, second opinion compared to, you know, your current financial professional, what they're telling you and, you know, just have a second set of eyes on it. Sometimes it's, it's good to, and I think maybe a lot of times it's good to have a second opinion on, on what you think, like in the case of, of this couple where, you know, they thought the lump sum and investing in the market was going to be the way to go, but showing a better way, showing other alternatives out there uh, could be valuable to you. And again, it's going to be completely complimentary to you. 610-894-7415. Now, the guy who invented the concept of the 4% rule thinks it's well, too early to cut the withdrawal rate to 3% because of the volatility in today's markets. Bill Bangan says uh, it would be a catastrophic set of circumstances before people reduce their withdrawal rate. So, Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the 4% rule. And then also, what is your message about how much to actually take from retirement accounts during this kind of economy? And, and what do you base that off of? Yeah, great, great question, Chris. Uh, and a lot of people, especially our listeners, are familiar with this 4% rule. Mm -hmm. It's it's not actually a rule. It's not a, a law. It's just a rule of thumb, <laughs> yeah. as the, the saying goes. But And it's not a random number picked out of a hat, this 4%. People say, how they how they arrive at 4 It's based off of math and historic market cycles. Um, yeah, he created it back in the 1990s. Uh, actually, it was a group of them uh, to give um, people who are retired just some general guidance on how much they should be withdrawing from their retirement accounts when they're actually retired. There's just a lot of major problems out there with this rule right now mm -hmm. here in October 2022, uh, where we're engrossed with these high levels of inflation. And to make matters a whole lot worse, we have... Um, uh, you know, retirees have positioned about 30% or 40% of their money in, in bond funds these days, or there's target date funds that we talk about on almost every show, yeah. like the target retirement 2025 or uh, the target retirement 2030 funds. Just such a large amount of bonds are in those, those funds. And if you have something that says balanced in the title in your mutual funds, uh, or those core income funds, that's kind of code word for bonds, bonds in, in disguise there. Um, and with the, the Fed just adjusting interest rate upwards, uh, those types of investments have just been getting slaughtered recently, Chris. It's, there's a lot of concern right now. Yeah, it's, it's a weird time we're in right now where both stocks and bonds are, are taking a beating. And uh, especially with these target date funds, you know, the Fed keeps adjusting those interest rates. They're going to do it again next month, it seems like. And, and so uh, that's going to continue down that track. So his idea of catastrophic is if inflation were to continue at six to eight percent for for close to a decade now obviously we all hope that that is not the case but Yikes. it's been here certainly longer i think than than the fed thought so maybe it is a good time to to look at at making some adjustments again if it's not a rule of thumb how do you how do you calculate that for people exactly so uh, and we don't know what inflation is going to look like how long it's going to last how bad it's going to get uh you know we just got to we just have to go with the facts and what we know mm -hmm. so you know one example is 
you know, let's say you have $300,000 saved for retirement. Okay. The general rule of thumb is that you should be withdrawing about 4%. So that's 12 grand a year. That's about a thousand a month. And some people say to me, Jim, why is the percentage so low? It's only 4%. And just as I mentioned that in the, the previous segment of our show, the market, yeah, it averaged over 6% per year over the past 20 years. So why, why did they dial it all the way down to just 4%? And the reason is because if the market continues to go down for a couple of years in a row, like I was mentioning prior, like it did through 2000 and uh, 2001 and 2002, three years in a row, you're going to be tapping into your own money and, and making those withdrawals to supplement your retirement. And the balance is also going to be shrinking because the value of your investments are going down. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a double negative effect on your money. And I had a guy call me just last week who was not too concerned about the market going down, he said, uh, because he had bonds to balance things out. Jim, I got a 60-40 mix, Oops. is what he said. Uh -huh. And when we looked up his bonds, the the funds were, were losing uh, almost as much money as, as the stocks. The bonds were going down almost just as bad percentage-wise. So sometimes it, it just makes more sense to be in a cash position, yeah. like picking that stable value fund that's in your 401k or a money market fund just until the storm passes. Because these bonds are likely to endure more of a beating as the Fed continues to raise interest rates. And yeah, the Fed's getting together again in just a couple of weeks, November 1st and 2nd. So if you'd feel like you would benefit possibly from a second opinion uh, from me personally on your current financial picture before the Fed meets again in November, um, first week of November, the first couple of days, I wouldn't delay it. I wouldn't procrastinate. Give my office a call now and we could set up a phone call, a Zoom meeting. Um, you can visit me in my Radnor office or my Marlton, New Jersey office. Uh, by the way, Marlton office is uh, right on the corner of uh, Route 73 and Green Tree Road, uh, right across from the Whole Foods. So it's a big landmark there. Um, but yeah, there's really just no time like the present to do whatever you can to protect your life savings just in case we go deeper into this recession, Chris. One of my favorite sayings, the best time to plant an oak tree was 25 years ago. Obviously, you know, having a proper plan put in place, having strategies put in place 10 years ago, 20 years ago would be fantastic. The second best time, the same continues, is right now. So pick up the phone, give a call, schedule a time to speak with Jim, 610-894-7415. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, but it's worth repeating. This is a complimentary uh, appointment with Jim, 610-894-7415. As always, say thank you for joining us this week uh, here on Freedom to Retire, uh, or you can go online if you prefer retirereadyfg.com, talking about average versus actual returns earlier. Uh, again, if you have a balance of $1,000 in your checking account and then suddenly you have a balance of negative $500, you're going to get a penalty from the bank. Even if your average balance was $750, they're not looking at your average balance. They're looking at what it actually is. And uh, you can't spend money on an average return. You need to, to actually figure out what it's going to do year to year. So developing a proper strategy uh, comes in play with having a proper retirement plan with Jim Cipriati, 610-894-7415. We talked about taxes a little bit earlier in the show. I want to continue that conversation, Jim. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal that talked about how right now is a great time to do a conversion on an after-tax Roth IRA. Their reasoning was not just because it's the end of the year, but because the value of assets are down in a bear market. And because of that, so would the taxes be on a Roth IRA, opening the door for further growth and tax-free withdrawals in the future. But is this something for everybody? Not for everybody. Uh, you have to do the math. There's a little bit of planning, you know, a fair amount of planning that I'm able to crunch out for people. But mm -hmm. yeah, when the markets take a beating, you better believe it. That chatter about the Roth IRA conversions gets louder and louder. And, you know, these times are no different, Chris. So 
there, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of these Roth conversions back when COVID hit yeah. in early 2020. And uh, the, to the folks who are listening, by the way, who are unsure maybe of what a Roth conversion is, that's different from contributing just that six or 7,000 into a Roth. Uh, a conversion is when you actually switch money over from a regular traditional IRA or just a regular pre-tax 401k or 403b, or maybe you're self-employed business owner, you have a SEP IRA, or you work for a small business and you have a simple IRA. Um, what you do is you pay the taxes now in order to get the money into a Roth IRA. Okay. Then all of the interest and dividends and gains that you may potentially make going uh, from that point forward are all income tax free. So as big as that thing grows, like we say to the moon, um, all of that's <laughs> going to be yours. You don't have to split any of that with the government, any of the, any of the, your, uh, your future gains that you may have. Um, and then it doesn't stop there. Anything you don't use in that account, say you, you pass away when you're 85, um, that remaining balance in the Roth is going to go to your spouse if you're married and your spouse is going to be able to enjoy uh, whatever growth potential is in that, in that uh, investment program, income tax-free mm. on all the interest she, he or she earns, um, on all the dividends, all the you know growth from the stocks or mutual funds, et cetera, um, for the rest of his or her life. And it doesn't stop there either. Uh, whatever your spouse doesn't use, guess what? It's going somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's going to, if it goes to your kids or grandkids or whoever your beneficiary, your next door neighbor, doesn't matter. They have an additional 10 years that they can enjoy tax-free interests and dividends and, and gains if you potentially have them. Um, and yeah, we do these, we, these Roth conversions when the market gets beat up so that as the market potentially recovers, all of that gain is going to be tax-free in that Roth IRA, which is not too bad, Chris, huh? No, not at all. There are certain things I think that we can all assume out there. One being taxes are probably going to go up at some point in the future, certainly at the end of 2025, going into 2026, when the, the current tax rates uh, sunset and they roll back to the, the previous eras, you know, tax tax rates, that is an increase without them saying they're going to raise interest and all that the current ones expire. And also, we have to assume that at some point the market is going to to rebound and, and you know, it turns into a, a opportunity market versus a down market and then into a growth market. So, you know, if you do these conversions right now, your money, uh, you know, you're paying as taxes on a low balance, essentially. And then letting it grow tax-free and turn into a higher balance down the line. I think that's that's a safe assumption uh, for a lot of people out there. So certainly something of value, especially as we get to the end of the year when people can you know figure out how much they can convert if it's the right move, of course, for anybody without bumping them into a next the next tax bracket. Exactly, right? and I, that's what I help people in, in walking them through. We look at the tax brackets, we look at what your taxable income levels are, and I, I just want to share something that's what I think is extremely important. And uh, if you're listening right now, turn your volume up a couple of notches because <laughs> there's a there's a really a less uh, not so obvious reason why Roth IRAs are really, really powerful. Um, and it re reminds me of a woman that just uh, she called in from the show about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. She was 60 years old. She had seven hundred and I think seven hundred and forty thousand dollars saved in her 401k. So she had a nice chunk of money there. Yeah. Um, she wasn't planning on retiring until she was about 67. She wanted to max out her Social Security uh, or, you know, get to her full retirement yeah. level of Social Security. Um, but she was telling me how, how she's just super proud. She was glowing when she was telling me about her son and her daughter uh, and how successful that her son and their daughter were in, in their young careers. And they also married really nice uh, 
uh, spouses and uh, the the spouses of their of her son and daughter were also very successful. Sounds great. Uh, yeah. So so far so good. And uh, I said, "How old are your kids?" She said, "You know, one was I think 31, 30, in their early thirties. Mm-hmm. So I did some quick math for her, and it looks like her uh, her her four hundred one k, which is worth about seven hundred forty thousand dollars now at age sixty, at at just a reasonable rate of return, it, it could very well be worth." Three million, four million, or more by the time she eventually passes away, maybe let's say in 30 years. Okay. Because she does have some longevity. So that would get her to her late 80s, early 90s or so. And I explained to her something very important that someone is going to be inheriting that balance if she doesn't use it. So mm-hmm. if there's four million bucks in that account, her kids will be able to divide it, assuming they're 50 50 beneficiaries. They're going to be able to divide that money, roll that over where you won't have to pay any federal taxes into what's called an inherited IRA. So each kid will have half and half of that four million. But here's the problem. The kids are going to have to withdraw that money and be taxed on it in the form of a distribution um, over the course of the next 10 years. And I reminded her that, look, in 30 years from now, your kids who are in, in, in your in their early 30s, they're going to be in their early 60s mm-hmm. when mom pass, uh, passes away, potentially. When we're in our early 60s, uh, don't forget their spouses, the kids' spouses are also going to be right in their early 60s. That's the time when we're typically in our peak earning years. Uh, Big problem. Yeah. Okay, So the, the kids are going to inherit that retirement account, mom's retirement account. But they're going to be forced. The kids are going to be forced to take these very large distributions. The IRS mandates it and be taxed at these really, you know, potentially very high brackets, because if the kids are doing well, um, their salaries are going to be stacked. You know, husband and wife uh, are going to be stacked uh, together. And then you've got to stack right on top of that. The big withdrawal that you got to take from mom's IRA Um and that could be clipped at that, you know, very high tax bracket. Mom could be, you know, losing. Um, well, mom would be passed away, but the kids would be losing forty percent of mom's retirement account balance because of those higher tax brackets. However, however, with the Roth IRA, if kids inherit a Roth IRA, those withdrawals do not need to be added to their kids and their kids' spouses' tax returns. That's huge, because mom did the conversion and took care of the taxes, got them out of the way when she was you know, in her early 60s. So if you feel like this story is hitting home for you and you, you know, if you have, you're in your 60s and you have kids at that age um, and you want to plan ahead so that your kids aren't burdened with large amounts of income taxes from your IRA or your 401k, then give my office a call right now and I can show you, uh, you know, give you some information on how to get set up a bit better. If you have questions or concerns about reaching your retirement goals, then give the Retire Ready Financial Group a call, 610-894-7415, or visit us online at retirereadyfg.com. Retire Ready Wealth Management is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Retire Ready Wealth Management is licensed in your state, please call 610-704-2792. Retire Ready Wealth Management is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through James Cipriati, Pennsylvania Insurance License 366900. 